welcome you to the first Sunday of December. We welcome you to a brand new series entitled, His Name Shall Be. Names mean a lot to us, right? Let's take a quick poll. Is there anybody here who does not like your name? Anybody bold enough to say that? A couple of you, maybe. If you say that, then what you're saying is the person who named you, maybe your mom or dad or whatnot, ah, I didn't like what you came up with. Now, there are, there are individuals when it comes to names, uh, sometimes what happens is you're, you're given this official name and then you kind of shorten it. Maybe you have kind of that nickname, uh, Robert maybe goes to Bob or, you know, something like that. So when it, when it comes to names, names identify us. Names are, are big time things. And, and you've, seen, uh, well, you've seen a lot of pretty interesting names, sometimes uh, with celebrities or they're naming people uh, after some inanimate objects and, and whatnot. Names are interesting. So much so, uh, how many of you have ever bought a name book? Maybe when you were pregnant, you were having a little one on the way and you wanted to do your due diligence, right? Now, we didn't necessarily buy one, but I, I do remember flipping through one or two or, or more at the stores, trying to look at, you know, what names are out there because you, you want to do your due diligence and you want to look at all these names. You want to come up with the perfect name. How many of you want to come up with the absolute perfect name for your child, right? This, this is something your child's going to have for forever, unless they, they change it or, or go with their middle name or, or go with a nickname or something like that. And so we had, we had uh, talked about, and, and pretty much before both of our girls, uh, we, we'd come up with Autumn Rose well before, even knowing that, uh, that we were pregnant with uh, little Autumn. We'd had that name picked out many, many, uh, actually a number of years in advance. It was just kind of that, if we have a girl, we liked Autumn Rose, and it was just that, that combination of, of kind of the, the, the name or the sound. It didn't matter that she ended up being born in April. And April's a pretty name too, but we liked Autumn Rose. So Autumn, born in April, was Autumn Rose. And then it came time for our second little one. And, and uh, well, Brooklyn Grace just kind of had that, that ring. And it kind of seemed to roll off the tongue for us. How many of you, when you were naming someone, uh, you were thinking, as you were discussing it maybe, you said, well, we can't name it so-and-so because, well, I knew someone like that and I didn't like her. Well, I had, I had someone like that in my, at school and he was obnoxious. I, I would never name our child that. You know? So there's all these negotiations when it comes to coming up with a name. Now, we're not talking about Autumn Rose. We're not talking about Brooklyn Grace. Uh, we're not talking about Keith or Kevin, which apparently I was very likely a Keith or a Kevin. I came out as Mark Allen. Uh, you, who, who knows what you might have been, but you came out with your name. We're not talking about any of those. We're looking at Jesus Christ. And as you look in Scripture, there are many, many names for Jesus Many names for God. And as we turn, I invite you to turn with me to Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to be taking a look at a prophecy hundreds of years in advance, right about 700 years before Jesus Christ was born. 
And Isaiah in chapter 9 and in verse 6 gives us a number of names of Jesus. Here's what it says. It's, it's a familiar verse, one no doubt you've heard. It's, it's one that many times comes out around this time in, in Christmas and December as we kind of look to the names of who Jesus Christ is. Isaiah 9, 6 says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be. That's the title of the, the series for this month. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So those names, that is where we are going this month as little by little, week by week, one by one, we take a look at these names of Jesus Christ. His name shall be called. This is who he is. Now, in some of the different versions or translations, you might read or see that his name shall be called Wonderful, comma, Counselor, comma, Mighty God, comma, Everlasting Father, comma, Prince of Peace. Many of them would say Wonderful Counselor, comma, putting those two words together. Most scholars or, or uh, translators would look at that in the original Greek and, I'm sorry, in the original Hebrew, I'm not taking Hebrew in, in college, the original Hebrew did not have punctuation marks in between there. And so most of the scholars would believe that that goes together. Wonderful counselor as one name, mighty God there as the second, everlasting father as the third, prince of peace as the fourth. So we're going to be looking, spending four weeks looking at the names of Jesus Christ, who he is, what it, what it says about him. So this morning we're going to be taking a look at that first thought. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. When it comes to counseling, when it comes to counselors, it's, it's rather popular. There's certainly individuals that, that want to go to other ones for counseling and for advice and for insights and for wisdom. You see even many different individuals with talk shows who can be pretty popular, pretty familiar, one of which in the last number of years, probably five, ten years or more, Dr. Phil. Now, he's not necessarily a, a counselor. He's, he's this doctor, but he, he's got a, the gift of gab. He's very personable, and he's got a TV show, and people will come to him for wisdom and counseling and advice. They've got these issues and they've got these problems and he'll listen to this one, he'll listen to this one and then you know what, what happens sometimes? He gets awful blunt and he tells it like it is or at least the way he believes that it is. And so when it comes to counselors, whether you're coming on a television show of Dr. Phil or whether you're sitting down with somebody as a counselor, there are some different things that need to, uh, different responses that need to be made. So as we take a look at who Jesus Christ is, he is the wonderful counselor that Isaiah, hundreds of years in advance, prophesies about. We're going to look at a number of things. What would be our response to Jesus as our wonderful counselor? Far above Dr. Phil, far above any other individual here on earth with their wisdom, with their insight, with their counseling, 
is Jesus Christ as our wonderful counselor, what ought to be our responses to him as the wonderful counselor? We're going to take a look at three of those this morning. Number one, how do we respond to Jesus as he is our wonderful counselor? We must be honest with him. If, if you're showing up on the Dr. Phil show, he wants you to be honest. Imagine that. He doesn't want you to lie about your situation. He doesn't want you to make things seem better than they are or make you sound good and, and that other person sound bad. You can try that. Eventually, he's going to get to the bottom of it. When we share and when we meet with counselors, they want our honest response. Nothing less than when we come to Jesus Christ. He is our wonderful counselor. We must share and be honest with him. You know why? He already knows it all anyway. Do we really think that we can kind of pull the wool over Jesus? We're going to go to Jesus, go to him for help, go to him for guidance, go to him for encouragement and support, whatever it's with, with our physical well-being, our financial well-being, our relationships, our this, our that. And we're going to come to Jesus and we're going to somehow trick him or not tell him everything or not share everything and we're going to pull a fast one and we're just going to we're just going to whiz right past Jesus. Is that possible? No. Jesus knows everything about you and about me anyway. We need to be honest with him. He's our wonderful counselor. He knows and loves and he cares about you and I. Here's what Hebrews chapter 4 Verse 15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he was without sin. He knows everything about us anyway. He knows everything that we're going through anyway. Let us be honest with him. He's faced the same things that we have. You know, when it comes to other individuals, sometimes you can kind of play up what you're going through as if no one else knows about that. Jesus does know. He knows. He understands. We are to be honest with him as our wonderful counselor. He knows and understands about hurt and about pain, and about struggles, and about difficulties, and about challenges of life, and about temptations in life. Hebrews says he was tempted in every way, in all ways as we are, yet without sin. We can be honest with him. Now, no doubt at different times, maybe you've had a, a friend, maybe you've had a family member, maybe somebody that you know and trust, and and maybe they would try to encourage you and come alongside and, and say, well, you know, I really, I know what you're going through. Now, sometimes you, you look at that friend or family member and, and you really believe them. But have you ever heard that from somebody, but you didn't quite believe it because you didn't quite think that they had gone through what you've gone through? 
Maybe they've gone through some difficult things, but you're thinking, I don't know that you really understand what I'm going through, and yet you're saying that you do. And sometimes we kind of put those walls up, and and then we don't want to hear from that individual because we're thinking, you don't really know. Hebrews is saying, we've got a wonderful counselor, not just somebody who's got it all up here, but somebody who's experienced what it is that you've experienced. I would imagine there's been times when you've come across a friend, you've come across a family member, you've, you've come across an, an acquaintance, and maybe you've shared or swapped some stories. And you discovered you've got a lot in common with this individual. They've gone through some of the same stuff that you have. And when that happens... You're, you kind of have a little bit of that bonding where you're, you're understanding what, what they're sharing and they're understanding what you're sharing because you've gone through the same types of things. Maybe it's some of the physical challenges. Maybe it's in times of loss. Maybe in, in times of heartache or sorrow. The good news when it comes to Jesus as our wonderful counselor, he's not someone who's just tossing words out to try to make us feel better. He knows everything about us, but he understands exactly what we have gone through, exactly what we are going through. He understands the the temptations. He understands the challenges that we face. You ever been betrayed? Someone that you you knew close, maybe a close friend, maybe a, a coworker, maybe somebody that you trusted, and they turned on you. Did that hurt? Yes. Has Jesus experienced that? Absolutely. Jesus has gone through so much. In fact, everything that we have experienced, he's faced those exact same types of things. Tempted? Yes. Wrongly accused? Yes. Gossiped and lied about? Absolutely. Suffered physical pain? Been in need? Yes, yes, yes. Jesus has experienced that. Ever felt lonely, experienced true heartache and loss? Jesus has. He's been through that. Jesus knows how difficult and challenging and sometimes rough and tough that people can be. He's faced what you and I face. He knows. He understands. But it's not just that he's aware of the stuff that we face. It's not just that he knows God's Word says that He cares. How many of you know there's a big difference between knowing and caring? Ah, I know what you're going through. (laughs) Haven't been there, but I'm, I'm just imagining, oh, boy, that's rough. Boy, that's tough. Knowing about something is, that's good. That's helpful. And certainly, if you've experienced the same thing, you understand on a deeper level. But more than just understanding... He doesn't just know. He doesn't just understand. God's Word says He cares about you. He cares about me. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Great verse of Scripture in, in times of heartache and struggle and, and, and loss. It says, cast all your cares on Him because He cares for you. Don't just cast one care. We can cast all of them. He's big enough strong enough, loving enough to handle all of our cares. You ever had a, a friend or, or an acquaintance and, 
somebody that maybe you share different things with, but you've kind of kept certain things from them because you didn't want to burden them, right? Yeah, well, I don't want my friend, I don't want my family member, I don't want them to be so burdened about me, I don't want to weigh them down, so I'll just tell them a little bit of what I'm facing. I won't tell them the whole scoop because I don't want to weigh them down. Some of you are smiling and saying, I've been there. I shared a little bit, but I didn't really share it all. 1 Peter 5, 7 doesn't say, cast a couple of your cares on him, for that's all he can handle. It doesn't say, cast your, your deepest care upon him and deal with the rest of them yourself. Very simply, it says, cast all your cares upon him. All. A-double-L <laughs> spells all. Cast every single one. If it's a, a need to you, if it's a burden to you, if it's a challenge to you, we can cast that upon him. He knows, he understands, and he cares for you. Physical needs, he cares about the physical needs of our bodies. Financial needs, he cares about the challenges in our finances. Relationships, emotions, our, our spiritual life and relationship with him. You name it, he cares, he knows, he understands all that we are going through. Jesus himself, not just Peter writing about that in his epistle, Jesus himself in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he says, come to me, all of you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You labor, you worry, you're heavy laden, we can bring, not just a little bit, we can bring it all to him. He is the wonderful counselor. He's not a, a human individual where you might just bring one of your needs and, and try that and just see whether that person can handle it. We can bring all of our needs. He knows them, he understands them, and he cares about you and about each and every need. It's a promise. He's, he's not there to turn his back upon us. He loves, he understands, he knows, and he cares. But let's be honest with him. Bring those needs honestly to him. Share with him what's taking place. He knows, he understands, he cares. So we've got to be honest with him as a wonderful counselor. Here's a second response from us. I believe we need to listen to his voice. Counselors, desire that you pay attention and listen. If you go to the Dr. Phil show, if you show up with him, if you go to a counselor <coughs> in the area, certainly they want you to be honest, but they want you to listen to what they have to say. That's a part of why you've come to them in the first place. You're coming to somebody who has some wisdom, who has some skill, who has some insight into some of these different areas, and you're coming certainly to share and to be honest with the things that you're facing, but you're also desiring to hear some of what they have to say. That's what counselors are there to share about. Jesus is our wonderful counselor, and he desires that we would listen to him and his voice. Mark chapter 9, we'd actually taken a look at uh, a little bit later in this chapter, but Mark chapter 9, 
Jesus had taken Peter, James, and John on the mountain. This is uh, the chapter when he was transfigured, his, his body basically glowed, and, and there was Moses and Elijah that had, had appeared on the mountain. So he was transformed, transfigured, and they had this discussion with Moses and Elijah. And at the conclusion of that, this voice, the Lord, uh, Lord God, God the Father's voice spoke, verse 7, a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the from the cloud. What do you think God had to say? This voice from the cloud, as Jesus is there, the disciples are there, Moses and Elijah were there. This is a pretty powerful, impacting, life-changing moment, and God the Father speaks, and he says, this is my son whom I love. Pay close attention to those next three words. Listen to him. NIV puts it that way. Listen to him. It's not just about showing up to God and being honest and just unloading everything to God and walking away. As the wonderful counselor, we've got to share. As the wonderful counselor, we've got to uh, present those, those needs and requests and, and share with him what we're facing and be honest. He knows it all anyway. But we don't just share it and then walk away and skip out on what he has to say. God's saying, this is my son. This is Jesus Christ. As Isaiah would write about hundreds of years in advance, he is the wonderful counselor. Listen to him. Jesus would say this in John chapter 10, verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Are you a child of God? Are you one of his sheep? Then we are to listen. We're to know his voice and listen to what he has to say. So maybe you're sitting there and some of you are saying, okay, I get the fact that I can be honest with him. And I get the fact that I've got to listen to him. Uh, how do I do that? How do I listen to God? I've never heard God audibly, you say. Join the club. I've not heard God in an audible, out loud, like I'm speaking to you kind of voice. I haven't, but I've heard God speak. I want to share with you a handful of ways that God does speak to us. We've got to listen to him. It's not just about, okay, is there going to be a, a boom, a booming sound over my loudspeakers? You know, all of these uh, modern technology, you can talk to your phones, You've got Siri and, and all the different uh, smartphones. You can talk to them as the assistants. Now they're, they're selling, whether it's Amazon or, or Google, you've got the, the little Google Home, and, and uh, basically you can talk to anything, right? So you can talk to Alexa, or you can talk to Google. Hey, Google, and ask it something, and it's going to talk back. Alexa, find me this, tell me that, and it's going to talk back. We listen to all of those kinds of things and, and hope that what they have to say is true and accurate, but why not listen to the wonderful counselor who knows everything about us, cares about us, understands everything that we're facing? Listen to him and his voice. Real quickly, here's a handful of ways we can listen to God and his voice for us that are outside of the realm of audible voice. 
This is not your smartphone speaking back or Alexa or Google speaking back. How can God speak to us? How do we listen? Number one, His Word, the Bible. Psalm 119, 105, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We've got to get into His Word. We've got to read the Bible. Now, technically, if you want to play it on your smartphone, you want to play it through an app, it will speak to you. But that's somebody reading the Bible. Not technically God that they got to record that. Outside of listening to the Bible on audio, this is not God speaking audibly, but He will speak through His Word. Many times, I would imagine, I trust that you have read the Word of God, and it's as if words just jumped off of the page, and that was exactly what you needed to hear, exactly what you needed to read on the exact day and moment you needed that. That's God speaking through His Word. It might not have sounded audible out loud like I'm speaking, but as you read, you are just impressed of God. This verse, this chapter, this passage, man, this was for me for today. God was speaking. You having troubles with your cell phone? Go check out that owner's manual. Having some issues with your car, your vehicle? Go check out that owner's manual. Can't figure out that whatchamacallit? Go see if the whatchamacallit has an owner's manual. Check that first. You and I, when it comes to life, we've got an owner's manual, the Bible, God's Word. He's given it, provided it. Get into God's Word and understand He will speak to our hearts, speak to our lives through His Word. Read it, learn it, study it, memorize, meditate, reflect, think about it. Get into God's Word. You have questions about life, relationships, finances, work. There's so much in God's Word, we've got to dig into it. It's been something we've mentioned about for years. We're in December, in fact, in the next week or two, we're going to be putting out the 2019 Bible Reading Guides. If for nobody else, it's for me. Because I grab one of those and I read through the Bible every single year. Personal Bible reading time, not sermon prep time, Bible reading time. I've been keeping track of which Bible or which translation I've read through for about the past 20 years. I try to vary different versions, different translations, and and it makes it, for me anyway, it seems kind of fresh and, and reading. This year, it's the New American Standard Translation. So if for nobody else, we're going to print them and I'm going to grab one because I've got just a couple more days and I'm done for this year. So if you don't mind, I'm going I'm to get a little bit of a head start for 2019. But we encourage you, get into God's Word. Whether you can read through the entire Bible in one year, or maybe you use that as a guide and you read through the Old Testament, or or maybe you read through the New Testament this year, or you grab one of the God's Word for today's at the incredibly cheap cost of free that's provided for you out there, or you get an app. And it sends you an email or or you read through the app. Whatever will help you to get into God's Word, that's the first incredible step 
of listening to his voice. He will speak through his word. We can, secondly, listen to him and his voice through the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. John 16, 13 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Well, maybe you're the, the ones who are saying, I didn't hear Jesus speak to me audibly, so how in the world am I going to hear the Holy Spirit speak to me audibly? Let me ask you a couple questions. You ever done something, said something, went somewhere, and you felt kind of prompted or checked, or you felt something inside, oop, shouldn't have done that, shouldn't have said that, shouldn't have been there with, you felt some of that? That's the Holy Spirit kind of nudging, prompting, working in our hearts and in our lives. Maybe not out loud audibly as I'm speaking to us today. Holy Spirit works and prompts and nudges. Sometimes it's that gentle nudge. Sometimes uh, people have said it's almost like a slap upside the head. <laughs> what are you doing? Whack! Holy Spirit works, guides, nudges in our hearts and lives. Maybe you've had a situation where out of the blue, some family member, some friend came to mind and you kind of stopped what you were doing and just began praying for them. You find out later they're going through maybe a, a very difficult decision or going through something and, and the Holy Spirit spoke to you to lift them up in prayer. It wasn't audible, but the Holy Spirit works in a lot of ways to nudge and guide and direct and help us. So we can listen to God as He speaks through His Word, as He speaks through the Holy Spirit. Third, as He speaks in prayer. We need to be certainly spending time in God and His Word. Let's spend time in prayer. Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, let our requests be made known unto God. We can, we can bring those needs, we can bring those requests to Him. He hears, and it's not just Bringing needs and leaving them there as we spend time in prayer, God desires, again, to speak to us. His Word, the Holy Spirit, prayer. Fourthly, God does and can use other people in our lives. Proverbs 15, 22, this is uh, the way the message uh, writes it. Refuse good advice and watch your plans fail. Take good counsel and watch them succeed. There are other individuals, believe it or not, that God has placed into our lives that have some wisdom and have some insight for us that's helpful. Does anybody here have all of the answers for everything about life? If you raise your hand, you're probably sorely mistaken, <laughs> all right? I mean, we probably think, and, and maybe the, the younger that we are, maybe the, the more that we think we've got it all figured out. And it seems like the older we get, the more we understand we don't know. I bet there's things that you struggle with. And so find somebody who knows a little something about that. I've said on many occasions, I am not the handiest with a hammer and a screwdriver and a drill. I, I know virtually zero about cars. So if something happens on a vehicle, I'm going to go to somebody who knows something about cars. Got a very, very knowledgeable somebody in the family. Thankful for his insights. 
My limited experience as a high school student, I had somebody in the church who wanted to teach and help me out in doing a, uh, an oil change. So he showed me how to do it, left me with the oil and the oil filter and went in the house. I stayed out in that garage at least half an hour, maybe 45 minutes. I still did not get the stupid oil filter off. I attempted, I attempted, I tried, and then I finally came back to him for some help. I've got to admit, there's some things, a bunch of things, I've got limitations in. But there's other people around me that God has gifted with wisdom and insight and knowledge. So when it comes to cars, when it comes to repairs of stuff, I need other people's help. When it comes to technology and things, I do pretty well with that, and I can be a blessing and a help to others. Who knows but what some of the things that maybe you have faced, difficulties and heartaches and struggles and challenges, you've gone through some things, and God might use you to speak into the life of somebody else to be a blessing, to be an encouragement, to be a, a strength and a support. God can use other individuals speaking into our lives. Parents and grandparents and, and leaders and pastors and church members and, and community members. I mean, there's so many people that we have access to. God can use them. Now, understand we're seeking God in His Word and the Holy Spirit and prayer. But yes, in some cases, God uses others to help us. And then lastly, here's, here's a means, certainly not the primary, certainly not where we start, but God can use circumstances. Unfortunately, this is one that gets abused quite a bit because many people will listen to circumstances without going to God in His Word, without listening to the nudging of the Holy Spirit, without seeking God in prayer or the wisdom and advice of other godly individuals, their thought is, well, this happened, it's a circumstance, so it must be God. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's just a circumstance. Can God use circumstances? Yes. But those circumstances will line up with His Word. They're going to line up with the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we seek Him in prayer... So don't just base things, well, well, this happened, I assumed it must have been God because he wouldn't have let it happen if it wasn't him. God can use them, but let's be cautious that those circumstances line up with all of the rest of these areas. So Jesus, he is our wonderful counselor. Understand, we need to be honest with him. He knows and understands and cares. Secondly, We've got to listen to his voice. He desires that we seek him out. And we shared a, a number of ways that we can do that. But I think there's a final step, a final response to him as our wonderful counselor that he desires us to do, and that's this. We must do what he says. This is the part where we get into trouble. This is the part. Do what he says, even when we don't want to do it. Do what he says. Even if we don't understand it, do what he says. See, that's the challenging part. We want to do what he says if we like what he says. We want to do what he says if it lines up with the way I'm feeling today. 
But if I don't feel it, if I don't like it, if I don't understand it, then we just simply say, sorry, God, not going to do it. We've got to do what he says. Have you ever experienced a situation where God, you just knew God spoke to your heart through his word, through prayer, through the Holy Spirit, through some godly counsel mixed in with maybe some circumstances, and you said, God, I don't understand it, but you're saying I ought to do this. You didn't want to. You didn't understand it. It wasn't your will, your, your preference, your design. The challenge is, are we going to do that? As our wonderful counselor, he's here to help and to guide and to bless. He knows and understands everything about us. He desires that we listen to him, but it doesn't do much good if you listen to him and then go off and do your own thing. Even human Dr. Phil would say that. Every guidance counselor in school, every marriage counselor, every kind of counselor, when you come in and you share and you're honest and you listen and then you walk out and do your own thing anyway, their thought is, man, that, that's, that's useless. Why do that? You've come for help. You've come for wisdom. You've come for guidance. I've provided some of these steps and then you choose to do your own thing anyway. Jesus is our wonderful counselor. We've got to do what he says, even if we don't want to, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it doesn't fit our style. Check out Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10, Jesus encounters a rich man. This man, apparently, he had been doing a lot of good things. He'd been trying to follow through. In fact, he shared with Jesus, I have kept your laws, I have kept your commands since I was a boy. Check, 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 check. I just check off every box. I've done it all, Jesus. It's kind of like he's coming to Jesus almost like the Boy Scout. I'm, I've, I've reached the, the highest. I've done it all, Jesus. Now what? What other box do you have for me to check off? And in this particular case, this isn't something Jesus said to everybody, but Jesus said it to this man whose heart was so focused on possessions, whose heart was so focused on all the stuff that he had, Jesus, in verse 21, it says, Jesus looked at him and he loved him. This is Jesus speaking out of a heart of love, out of a heart of compassion. For this man, in this particular situation, here's what Jesus said. He didn't say, get away from me. But he told him something the man didn't really want to hear. He loved his stuff. He loved his possessions. Now, he was trying to live in accordance with all of these guidelines and laws and principles. This particular case, Jesus told him, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Take that next step beyond all of these other things you've done. Jesus didn't say that to everybody. Jesus said that to this man. Scripture in Mark chapter 10 says, his face fell and he went away. He was sad because of his great wealth. He came to Jesus as the wonderful counselor. He was honest. He said, here's what I've done. Here's what I've had. He listened to what Jesus had to say, but he couldn't quite do what Jesus asked him to do. Here's the truth. You and I in our lives, when we're reading the Word of God, we're going to read some things 
And God's going to use those words to leap off the page into our hearts and into our lives. And it's basically Jesus Christ through his word saying, continue this or stop in this or apply this in your life. And now we've got a choice to make. It doesn't matter whether we like it or not. It doesn't matter whether we want to or not. Will we follow what God speaks to us about? Will we follow what he speaks to us in his word? Will we follow what he speaks to us through the power of his Holy Spirit? Will we follow what he desires us to do in in a time of prayer? Will we follow what other godly advice and individuals who have spoken into our lives that line up with God's word, will we follow that or will we just go and do our own thing? We've got to do what he says. Chances are good we've all been to a doctor And we've heard a doctor's advice that we didn't like. True? The doctor says, you need to do this. And Dr. Me says, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And we walk out and say, not going to happen. Either we think we know better, or we just simply don't want to do what the doctor has said. What happens in our spiritual lives? We read God's word And God's word says, this then is how we ought to live. Ooh, I'm not living that way. I've got a choice to make. I'm either going to do what God's word says, or I'm going to disobey my wonderful counselor who knows me, loves me, understands me, cares for me. He wants the very best for me, but he wants me not just to listen Listening is good. I mean, not shutting them out, that's positive. But he doesn't just want us to listen. He wants us to obey, to do what he says. Many, many times we treat Jesus Christ as if his words are simply optional. (coughs) We do it if we want to. We do it if we feel like it. We do it if it fits into my schedule. God, if I've got some time for you, maybe I'll sit down and open up your word. If I've got some time with you, maybe I'll, I'll spend some time with you in prayer. But I'm, I'm busy, God. You know, with all of my hours and hours and hours of other stuff. God, when, you, when you've talked about loving others, God, I'll, I'll follow you if I feel like it. If someone's nice to me, God, I'll love them. Otherwise, I think I'll just do my own thing. And our response to God is always about what's convenient for us, what's beneficial to us, what we feel like. When it comes to relationships, we just we want relationships the way that we want them, not the way that God says. When it comes to finances, we want to we run our finances the way we want to, not the way God desires. When it comes to our treatment of other people, we want to do so the way we feel like it, not the way God's Word says. It's not enough just to be honest with Him, although that's good. It's not enough just to listen to what He has to say, although that's better. We've got to complete this process, responding to our wonderful Counselor, and do what He says. Be honest with Him. Listen to his voice. He speaks in many different ways. And then follow through and do what he says.